0: Hi, I'm Donnie Kanyele, and you're listening to Me After You, a podcast that aims to share the real stories of women who've experienced the major life transition of becoming parents. This is a space where we can show up for ourselves and each other with honesty, grace, and compassion, sharing information and learning tools to lean into the power and purpose of our lives. In this episode, we speak to Dr. Ila Manga. She is an integrative medical doctor committed to healing and bringing heart back into the art of medicine. She is the founder of Breathwork Africa and has a special interest in the art and science of conscious breathing as a medicine and tool for growth and change. She lives and works in Johannesburg and her first book is called Breathe, Strategizing Energy in the Age of Burnout. Her insights on breath as medicine are powerful and timely for this present moment that we're all living through. So I hope you enjoy. Ila, I'm so glad that you're here. I was so grateful that you made the time to talk to us um, because, yeah, I think this is an important conversation to have around breath. And I became aware of you a while ago and the work that you do at Breathwork Africa and initially felt like oh, this is something that'll be great to sort of add to my skill set as an offering to clients when I work as a coach. And that was a very sort of the the mindset that I had going into it. And it was such an incredibly profound experience, the three-day foundation to breathwork course that I did. Um, It went so much further than just how can I offer this? How can I hold space? But that it was such a, it was a powerful experience because it felt like a, a journey into self. It felt like we were held in such a beautiful way. And I think that has to do with your presence when you teach and how you hold people through this work, but also just the invitation that the, the course presented to us to use breath as an entry inwards. Yes. You know. So how do you think about introducing the concept of breath work to people when you work with them?
1: Well, I'm aware that when we speak about breath work and we tell people that this is something that can be used as a tool for self awareness, often the experience or the feedback is really breath, that you've changed your entire career to focus on breath, but I breathe all the time. How can this be a tool for anything? And so my entry point is to maybe just take a step back and bring people's awareness to the fact that, yes, while breath is part of the body's incredible intelligence of supporting our life, it is possible to change the way we breathe. And when we change the way we breathe, we can change the way we feel, we can change the way we think, we can change the choices that we make. So it is a place from which to approach the world a, a place from which to extend ourselves into all the aspects of our uh, in of ourselves and our identities and roles you know but you know my my work is to offer an experience of breath and when people actually experience it then there's no selling that is required because They're experiencing themselves in a way that they possibly have not ever before.
0: That's incredibly powerful. That meeting, that sense of meeting yourself in a new way.
1: And through something that you've done from the first time that you entered the world, you know, with your very first breath, this is something that has always been sustaining you that a physiological process is something so much more. That this is not just about oxygen and carbon dioxide, this is about experiencing your life force, this life force that is part of every living thing on the planet, that is part of us. And when we can learn to use that consciously, and when we can learn to use that skillfully, it can become such a powerful tool, an entry point into a journey of understanding, of awareness, of acceptance, of transformation, of growth, of healing. And, um when people understand the science behind it, too, I feel that it's really important that this is not just some esoteric um concept that it is rooted in science but also rooted in powerful indigenous practices, and that science is actually only catching up to that now, making the link now, you know, so when we can embrace that this is both rooted in indigenous practices in It's rooted in um, universal principles, but also in science. It is far more accessible. Mm.
0: And you you began your healing journey, your vocational work as a healer in the field of medicine as a doctor. So can you tell us a little bit how your healing journey took you from practicing medicine to now the work, the incredible work you do with breath?
1: So when we trained as doctors at medical school you know it's a very specific kind of training we we trained to look out for symptoms to then through the symptoms make a diagnosis and based on the diagnosis then there's a a prescribed formula of treatment and i found that my training at medical school and specifically my time at the hospital kind of was quite dehumanizing, you know, not just for me, but also for my patients. And the whole system, I felt, was quite one-dimensional, but didn't quite realize it at the time when I was doing my internship and working at the hospital, because that's all I knew at that point. Well, that's all I thought I knew until I started to practice medicine in my GP practice. And it was through the meeting of my patients and through the conversations that I realized that there's far more here than just the diagnosis. There's a whole story unfolding that we're working with a human being that is part of a society that's part of um, the history that is carrying so much more than what the diagnosis is. And I felt ill-equipped to support sustainable wellness sustainable healing because for me it was far more than curing it's i realized that this was a it was a process it was a journey and what i became even more aware of is that the body knows what to do yeah you know that when we simply create the environment that supports healing healing happens it's it's how nature is designed to constantly bring us back to harmony and back to balance and so i found that the more time i spent in my sessions with my with my patients from 5 minutes to 10 minutes to taking more time even half an hour that safe environment that conversation the meeting of them as a human being was the condition that supported the healing process and um, I just I couldn't practice medicine in the way that I was trained anymore. Of course, it is a powerful basis, and of course, there's a place for it, absolutely. But for me, I wanted to practice medicine in a different way, and so I started to seek the various modalities and frameworks of thinking and ancient wisdom practices and ancient. Uh, healing practices that uh, I thought could be relevant for our lifestyles today. And, and that is a a constant journey, a constant process. But it was when I came across Breathwork that I realized that this whole concept of us as multidimensional beings can be supported by the very simple practice of conscious breathing. It was an entry point to experiencing the multidimensionality of who we are.
0: And I've heard you speak before about the idea that healing is the relationship between remembering and imagining, Yes. which I love. I love that sentiment and that idea. So can you speak a little bit around how healing, how remembering and imagining Um, fits into that healing journey and how you at Breathwork Africa have um, brought that idea into what you offer. Because I know that Sankofa is a African philosophical framework that you use a lot in your work.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, practicing breathwork in the African context is deeply humbling and mind-blowing. I have learned so much through working with the land of Africa, with working with the people of Africa. And there's just something in, in the groundedness that we have that I felt was really important for the, for the rest of the world to reconnect with. And so, you know, the, the concept of Sankofa is, is really a powerful one and it really means go back and fetch it. And so if we are to move forward, and we know the Sankofa is a Ghanaian concept, West African concept that is depicted by a bird that's walking forward, but turning backward. And in its beak, there's an egg which represents the potential of what is ready to be born. And, and so if we are to embark on a healing journey, one has to acknowledge that we are part of what we've inherited from our lineage from our maternal and paternal lineages that we carry memories we carry belief systems within our dna that within our dna we don't just carry what supports or um, you know that what um, informs our physical characteristics but we also inherit so much more and not just trauma. We also inherit wisdom. We inherit resilience, you know? So if we are to um, embark on a healing journey, one has to acknowledge that ourselves are made up of this memory that we are carrying through the lineages. And when we do healing work with ourselves, we're not just working with ourselves. We are then working with, our entire lineage we're supporting the healing of our entire lineage so you know it's also going back and acknowledging that we have our own personal history so as much as we have inherited uh the layer of uh, our ancestry as we are experiencing life we are also creating our new our uh, well rather our own neural pathways our individual Neural pathways, which eventually um, will govern the way we think, the way we feel about ourselves, uh, you know, the way that we relate to the world, the way we relate to others. And this is often just in the subconscious mind, right? And but when we start to embark on the journey of healing, we we start to become aware, we start to become awake to what these possible belief systems are. We confront the old identities, you know. So that process is, is really important because where we are now is, is shaped by what we have experienced. But our greatest gift as human beings is that we are creative beings. We are wired to evolve, to grow, to, to create an entire new body-mind system that is more in alignment with the essence of who we are, the part of us that is untouched. By our story, by our trauma, but, why, but what we've inherited. The part of us that has always been there before we were born and will always be there even when we take our last breath. It's the essence of us. And so if we are to embark on a journey of healing, what does it mean to discover how to express this essence through our physical bodies? How do we support the physical body, our physical health to be an expression for and a vehicle for consciousness.
0: Mm. I love how you describe the process of awakening and what that does for us. But this idea that creation and destruction are these two things that are in a dance with one another perpetually. And I look at what's happening in the world and it seems like it is a moment of great challenge and great pain in a lot of ways. A moment where so much is being broken down, what was invisible is being shown, um, what has been hidden is being surfaced. Like there's a lot that feels like it is emerging, both being broken down and 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 um, burnt away the old and what the new knowledge, the new ways of being, the new consciousnesses that are emerging. How do you see this moment that we're living through right now and the potential that it offers us? collectively and individually, for healing in much, more, much different and deeper ways.
1: Yeah, I really feel that we are at a profound moment in our journey as human beings on this planet. Mm. We find ourselves at a collective crossroads. And it is a moment where we have an opportunity just to pause That this crisis that we find ourselves in is a moment of surrender, because for so many of us, it has brought an experience of helplessness, of hopelessness, a feeling of where can I go? There's, There's nowhere to go. There's nothing to do except just to be here. And that can be an incredibly scary place. And when we can create the spaces, the communities, the circles, that support the safety in this moment, the understanding that this moment is far more than what is just um, being fed to us through the media, that this is a moment of opportunity that is asking us individually and collectively to return to that which is whole. Uh, and, And that, as you said, this journey um, of remembering and imagining, because this is really what we find ourselves in collectively too, is is an opportunity to to really reflect on what no longer serves us. And often what no longer serves us is this incredible fear that is both uh, protective in a very primal way but in fact is creating the prisons within us and the walls that separate us from each other, that separate us from nature, but that also is creating the walls between the the dimensions of who we are, that is creating walls around our heart that is disconnecting us from the wisdom of our bodies. You know? And so it's, it is a time of of death because death is part of creation. And, and, and so we look to the principles of nature as our guides in this time. When nothing else makes sense anymore, when nothing else, when we can't trust, we feel like we can't trust the systems in which we are part, or that we are part of, we turn to the eternal nature that we are a part of. We turn to nature and we observe, we feel, we listen, we reconnect to that which we are a part of. And we listen to what are those principles. We just look at the seasons of winter, of spring, of, of summer, and then autumn again. And those, those cycles of nature, that, that govern our lives, that govern every aspect of our being too, you know. And, and, and so this fear of, of death, this idea that, you know, uh, our, we, we, we have this collective uh, terror of our own mortality, you know. And this time has really asked us to confront that. And when we do, when we can confront that, there's a freedom in that. There's a, there's a freedom in accepting the ever-changing cycles of life. And what breath work offers is an opportunity to experience who we are, directly and profoundly experience ourselves beyond just the physical. Love that. So Breathwork Africa has
0: created an offering to meet the challenges of this time that I think is extremely exciting. So
1: can you introduce us to new Humanity? Yes. And what is that concept? Yes, Doni. Wow. Um, thank you for asking the question. It really felt... New, humanity is a... Um, it describes... Our approach to breath work that is inspired by and informed by the land and of Africa and its people. It is informed by the principle of Ubuntu, which I have recently learned is far more than just a social construct or a social idea of I am because you are. In fact, it is a concept that connects us not just to each other, but to all of existence, that we are a part of something. We belong to something that is whole. And so breathwork for me personally has brought me to that understanding and that that experience of Ubuntu, That that conscious breathing is a felt experience of Ubuntu. And, and so it was important that as Breathwork Africa, that we grounded our approach in the concepts that were part of indigenous practices, that are part of indigenous wisdom. You know, so Sankofa, which is really healing is the relationship, the conversation between remembering and imagining that Breathwork supports the experience of visiting those layers some of which no longer serves us. it's, a, you know, it's an opportunity to, to visit that. And that, that the process of breath work is deeply embodied. It invites us back to the wisdom of our bodies. It's not just a, um, a meditative practice that takes us uh, out of our bodies, that is, you know, transcendent, but brings us back into our bodies. You know and, and, and this is the essence of Africa. It's powerful, it's rhythmic, it's, it's alive, you know. And, and when we feel our feet stamping on the earth, this life force wakes up within us. And, and, and so this is what Breathwork offers, is an opportunity to activate that life force again and to feel it within this circle of hearts that we are all a part of. And within the circle of hearts, the circle of safety is the space through which what is ready to come alive will come through. Oh, that's
0: beautiful, ela. and 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 a really powerful offering for this moment. And I think what i what I took from the course that we did and the time that we had together in that really beautiful, supportive, generous, loving group that we were, um, Was this sense of, and I know that this is the reality for so many women, for so many mothers who are carrying many, many responsibilities, lots of different roles, pulled in all kinds of directions from the moment you open your eyes to the moment you collapse back into your bed again, that my challenge has been in carving out space and time for myself. And initially that felt like, you know, the the kind of things that people talk about, oh, self-care and light a candle and have a bubble bath. But my understanding of what that time to return to myself is has really deepened and shifted. And it's that, how am I in relationship with my deepest self? Am I allowing myself the space and time mm-hmm. um, and the clarity to be able to hear my internal yeses and noes? Because if I can't do that, how do I move through the world with a sense of boundaries, with a sense of what is mine, what is not mine? You know, so it was really challenging to find that time. And what I love about breath and what beginning, because I'm really like a baby in building a practice for myself. But what I've really loved is that it takes just five breaths. Just five breaths can bring you to a place of more calm, more internal space. None of the outside conditions of your day have shifted. Mm -hmm. But internally in five breaths, three breaths, You can create a different sense of space in yourself, and I think where that has been the most powerful has been in my parenting. In that, you know, I've got a a four and a half year old and a one and a half year old. Wow! And especially with my four and a half year old, when he's having big emotions and he's going into a space um, where, for me, in the past, it would have been difficult and wanting to control the behavior. What I got from your course and your teachings was that actually, what's more powerful is the influence of my being on his being. So as opposed to trying to control him, yes, it's saying, how do I regulate myself, use my breath or whatever I have in that moment to bring myself back into myself, into a space of more capacity and calm. And then from there, how do I influence him? And I found that in the moment when I do that, it completely shifts it for him. It's like he he plugs into that sense of me and it calms him. And that's just because I am no, I've created more space. Nothing with him has needed to shift necessarily. It was the influence of the capacity that I gave myself.
1: Wow. What you're saying is so powerful and so important, Donnie. You know, because um, as parents, of course, we want the best for our child, uh, for our children. And yes, we are holding, we, we, we know, you know, that we are just, we're holding so much all the time. And, and so uh, we feel like we need to be in control. And in order to be in control, you know, I need to say a certain thing. I have to, um, almost sometimes pretend and, and, and appear in a certain way. Meantime, I am dealing with my own confusion and my own exhaustion, but I need to show up in this way for my child, for my children, for my family, for everybody else. But we are such intuitive, connected beings. That we have a sense of what's really going on, and children have that sense specifically well tuned. Oh yeah, that they are feeling into your body language, and you know, so we have these mirror neurons that are so um, awake and alive in children that are looking towards their caregivers to uh, cue their their behavior and to reinforce you know, what they're thinking and feeling and to reinforce that f- experience of safety. And so when we, when we breathe, when we, um, are, well, let me just go back. So breath is a language. And so every thought that we think, every emotion that we feel, every posture that we hold has a corresponding breathing pattern. So the breath does not lie. Mm. Our unconscious breath will reflect our internal world. And that's what our children pick up on. Okay, so (laughs) often, you, you know, the greatest gift that we can offer our children is the gift of being real with ourselves and creating the internal environment that is more congruent with what I'm saying. And I'm not saying we have to show up perfectly, of course not, but when we show up um vulnerably, when we give ourselves permission to express our feelings, that in itself gives permission to our children to show up in the same way.
0: Oh, and such a beautiful gift to give them early on. Are there specific challenges around breath that you see present specifically around women?
1: The first reason uh, is a physical one. OK, it's a very practical one. And that is uh, our bras, our tight bras, okay? Mm. So we're wearing these tight bras or t- clothing that, you know, want to, we want to support the, the look of, you know, aesthetically just looking thinner. But as a result, we're compressing and we're tightening. So simply taking your bra off and feeling what that breath feels like. You know, you, you do it unconsciously when you take your bra off at the end of the day, there's like a, a, a natural expansion of the breath. Yeah. Okay. So, so wearing of the bra is part of why our breathing patterns have become dysfunctional. So we tend to, you know, compress our diaphragm and the muscles of um, the, that are in between the rib cage, the intercostal muscles that support open, free breath. And we tend to breathe high up in the neck and the shoulders. And uh, when we do that, You know, it causes more muscle tension, it feeds anxiety, it causes headaches, it leads to a whole host of issues, okay? So that's one aspect of how, uh, you know, um, just the clothes that we wear as women impacts our breathing. The other really important point is our menstrual cycle and the fact that we are biologically, biochemically, emotionally, physically mentally completely different in the four phases of our menstrual cycle, but also in perimenopause and menopause. Okay, We're completely different chemically, biologically in those four phases. And so when we understand that and when we can understand our differing needs in the four parts of our cycle... Then we can support the kind of exercise we do, the kind of food we eat, the kind of breathing practices that we do, you know. So it's really acknowledging that we're changing all the time. And so conscious breathing offers us the, the opportunity to feel into where we are, what our body's differing needs are based on our cycle and how can we support that. So the more conscious we are of our internal environment and the cues that the body is sending to the brain, the more than we feel empowered to make the choices that will support what we're needing at that particular time. And, And this is a skill that we need to cultivate because we have lost the ability to sense into the information that is being sent from our bodies to the brain constantly. So we have these little cells, these receptors dispersed throughout the body that is constantly feeding information to the brain as part of the body's intelligence. So it picks up uh, changes of our pH levels, it will feel into uh, you know, muscle tension patterns, it will feel into um, our breathing patterns. And that information that gets sent through the vagus nerve, okay, into the brain, and the brain will then interpret it. Is it okay for me to go into healing mode? And, and so if it is receiving messages of safety, we drop into what we call the parasympathetic nervous system, the rest and digest mode, mm-hmm. and the body shifts gear. And in this mode, the body can uh, activate all its regenerative capacities. The cells rejuvenate, the immune system gets boosted, the digestive system is optimized, so we can absorb the nutrients, um, you know so it's all of those healing capacities that kick in. And this is really what is missing. Is the ability for us to break out of that adrenalized mode and into the the environment, the internal environment of healing? Mm.
0: And that speaks really um, strongly to what you touched on earlier. That I guess breathwork as an art has been practiced amongst you know ancient communities around the world forever, really. But the science is beginning to catch up now and offer us concrete data around. what what this practice can offer us in terms of optimizing health, you know, addressing disease. And I guess this speaks to the messages of safety the body can receive to say Mm -hmm. you can heal. So do you believe that the body is capable of powerful healing on its own and breath really opens the door for the body to be able to do its work?
1: Spot on you've you've put it perfectly donia i can't say it better than that mm. that's exactly it yeah and you know so as as part of the humanity um framework or the humanity methodology or approach to breath work, we talk about the art of breathing okay and and uh, art not only in the creative sense that breathing is a, a creative act but art also is an acronym for awareness, Mm -hmm. regulation, and transformation. So if we look at all the breathing practices that are out there, we can loosely put them into uh, the categories of breathing for awareness. So breathing for self-awareness, so simple um, awareness of my natural breath. So not changing the breath in any way that supports the waking up of what I'm sensing in my body. Was a foundation for my meditation practice. Mm. And then, in terms of breathing for regulation, we look at the various techniques and we can put them into the category of relaxing techniques. So, techniques that support me to activate the rest and digest mode, that will help me to fall asleep, that will help me to break out of anxiety. You know, so there are a whole set of practices that support relaxation. Mm. Then we also have energizing practices, so practices that boost our energy. So if we have an energy slump or if we want to release energy, these are powerful practices that support that, that that wake up for a life force. And then we also have practices that are balancing. So when we, for example, balance the inhale and the exhale, then it brings a sense of calm focus, That is the space that we really want to be in throughout our day. And then the T is transformation. So these are really powerful practices that are usually facilitated by a practitioner as a standalone therapy that uh, supports the access to the deeply held subconscious patterns and an opportunity to really heal uh, in in a uh, a really deep way uh, and sustainable way. So, so you know, it, it offers a whole framework and a way of understanding the physiological um, impact mm. of each of these practices. Yeah. So we can use them skillfully, you know. So for somebody who's listening,
0: who feels like they want to begin their personal journey of breath and building a practice and discovering breath for themselves, what options do they have if you have the ability to pay for um, resources or joining classes? What um, offerings do you have that they could access? And then for somebody who doesn't right now have the ability to pay for learning resources, how could they begin this journey of building a breath practice and discovering more about breath?
1: Yes. So we offer online classes at Breathwork Africa. So we offer various services, one-on-one sessions We offer uh, group sessions for special interest groups or corporate um, groups. Uh, But we also have um, online classes under Breath Cafe, okay? And and Breath Cafe offers um, sessions online almost every day. And we do offer free breathwork sessions uh, quite regularly. You know, so if you're curious about breathwork or you'd just like to have an introductory experience... Uh, you know, you're welcome to come to our introductory free sessions. And if you feel drawn to the practice, then, you know, you can sign up as as a a member of our Breath Cafe community, which is just a lovely uh, group of amazing people who just come together to learn about the science of breathing, the art of breathing and to breathe together. And um, yeah, so there, there are many opportunities that will meet Uh, people where they find themselves. So what next
0: for you in your work um, of taking Breathwork to the world and to this country for sure as a start, but the rest of the world um, and for Breathwork Africa as an organization, what what do you have in your sights and what can we look forward to seeing from you?
1: Well, I think that my personal intention is in alignment with uh, my intention for Breathwork Africa. And that is to remind people of the wholeness of who they are and to to experience the power of their own breath and the simplicity in applying it in their everyday lives as a tool for awareness and healing and transformation. So I'd love to see breath work incorporated into the school curriculum, that as the young brain is shaped. It is already inbuilt as a skill, just as speaking any language is that is part of a makeup. It is not something that we have to use you know later on in life and do so much of unraveling work It's there so I'm very excited about bringing breath work to children uh, because all we're doing is supporting their natural openness and their freedom and their creativity I'd love to see breath work integrated into. Uh, the curriculum at medical schools and the training of health professionals. I think that it will support the health professionals themselves who are so burdened and under-resourced to support their own energy and in doing so support their their patients and the clients that they're working with. So breath-informed medicine, breath-informed therapy, breath-informed um exercise, you know, that this is is part of our new language and and is part of what is being born through this time of great Mm. transformation.
0: That's a really powerful vision in terms of what it could do to our education, our medical system, who it, it invites us to be as a nation and as a collective. That's very powerful. Absolutely. You have your own podcast, that is wonderful, and I've been listening to a lot of it. It's called Threads of Healing. Could you tell us a little bit about your podcast and the conversations that listeners can expect to find there?
1: Yeah. You know, in my work uh, with with healing in the, in the healing field over the last 15, 20 years, I have come to realize and discover that healing is far more than what we may think it is. That is far more than just eating healthily or doing exercise. Of course, that's all a part of it. But it is also connected to our creativity. It is connected to our ancestry. It is everything. Every aspect of life is part of our experience of ourselves, which is part of healing. And I also have come across just some incredible human beings that, have inspired me, that I've learned from, that I have grown through. And I felt it is really important for the rest of the world to hear the voices of African people and that it is time for us as African people to make our voices heard, to feel confident enough to make our voices heard and to stop handing our power over to everybody else that this was time to reclaim um, our voices and our powerful wisdom. And, and so um, I was inspired to have conversations with the people that I have learned from that have inspired me and to bring these conversations to far more people. And, and so Threads of Healing was born and keeps evolving, actually, because, uh, you know, it, it felt like the, the conversations at Threads of Healing uh, was just the, the catalyst for so much that is now unfolding uh, since then, and and uh, yes, yeah, just the feedback that I've got from people like you who've listened to my conversation with Rotinda uh, Ngara, with Rachel Adams, with Gillian Godsell, with you know so many of the amazing guests that I've spoken to—it's just created this ripple effect of um, of awareness and and healing, which is really my intention. So I'm so grateful for that.
0: It's a really, really beautiful lesson. So I would encourage anybody listening to Ila who has been interested, moved, whose curiosity has been piqued by what she has spoken about to look at Threads of Healing, listen to those episodes. We'll make sure that we link to the podcast and to your personal website and to Breathwork Africa as well. So that anyone who is interested in continuing this journey or beginning the journey of Breathwork knows where to find you. But I am so grateful to have come across your path I'm so grateful to have found your work. And I don't take for granted that it it came along at a time in my life where I was beginning a real healing journey of my own. You know, so you and your wonderful team have given me a great gift in my own healing journey. And this podcast, these conversations, the vision for this community, I don't think would be coming into being now had I not really begun that journey in the way that I did. So thank you for what you do. Thank you for who you are. Um, Thank you for your beautiful presence and keep doing this work. It's so important. We all need it so much. Thanks, Ila. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. You can find links to Ila's work and her podcast in our show notes. And you can find out more about her course offerings on the Breathwork Africa website, also in the show notes. If you enjoyed this conversation, please help us grow by subscribing or following and reviewing the show, and be sure to share it with anyone you think could benefit from it. It is our hope to begin a community of honest conversation, so please follow the Me After You community on Instagram and Facebook. Be well, be safe, and see you back here soon.